Hey, I'm Mike Myers, and this is the Songwriting for Guitar podcast, which is geared to support songwriters and producers to gain confidence and turn pro. I bring on industry experts to help you improve and monetize your skills, engage better in the writing process, and build healthy habits to create a sustainable career that you love. Caffeinated, inspirational, conversational. Hey, what's up, friends? Mike Myers here with the Songwriting for Guitar podcast, episode number 90, Sabrina Sideman, a.k.a. Sides. Now, if you're someone that's dabbled in music production, Logic Pro, you've been starting to understand a little bit, I guarantee you have come across Sides' videos on Instagram, TikTok. She has been documenting her entire process for the past three years. Yeah, from day one trying to tackle production to where she is now, she has built a tremendous following, a brand. Companies flocked to her being like, hey, can you demonstrate our product? Because she has made music accessible for everyone. She has helped break down the myths of music production. And here's the thing, she's got haters too. And we talk about that as well. So we're going to talk about entrepreneurship, haters, the whole nine yards. So we're going to dive into this episode Episode number 90, Sabrina Seidman. I'm sure everybody tells you, I found you on Instagram and I just love your breakdowns of logic tutorials, making it to me really accessible and not loading it with jargon. That's the one thing that's very unappealing for me when it comes to anything on the technical side of music and recording is always where it's just like it's certain dbs and it's like okay can you just like explain that to me in like a sentence and i want to get into how you built all of this but i want to get to your background too of like how you got into music i know i i, I think you went to berkeley like was music just always the thing that you were like this is my thing this is the thing that i use to communicate my ideas my feelings it's where i want to express myself well, for me, it was, yeah, it was music and also kind of performing. I was singing kind of before I was ever doing like anything else. Yeah. <laughs> so I was a singer and would just like always be like singing around or if I was like, even as a kid, like at a nursing home, my parents would be like, sing and be like, here I go, <laughs> you know, so. What were your go-to songs? What were your go-to? Oh gosh, who knows what it was. Probably something from Annie. Okay. I was kind of like a musical theater kid, like growing up Me a too. little bit more. That's so. okay. That's okay. Yeah. And then, you know, I started doing piano. I was never really like good at piano, but I did it for a bit. And then I started writing songs, just using like chords. Then I really liked songwriting and creating music that way. Yeah. And then when I went to Berkeley, I really just wanted to like sing in a band. Yeah. That's what I wanted to do. I didn't study production at Berkeley at all. And looking back, I'm kind of like, I roll at myself. Like, why didn't I do it? And it really was because even though I was at Berkeley, I wasn't really like invited into it or I just didn't, maybe it was a mixture of that or just not interest. I don't know. I had a, maybe a young, immature mindset where at that time I was like, I can just be a singer. And like everyone else can do all that yeah, other yeah. stuff, you know? <laughs> so that's, I was just in a band. And then when I graduated Berkeley, I was like, well, I need to get a job. Had like a severe, like mental breakdown about how I'm going to get one. And funny story, I was 
backpacking in Europe by myself because at that time all I wanted to do was like travel and just like roam the world. Yeah. And my last city was Porto, Portugal. And I was like, okay, like this is it, done traveling. Now I got to get a job. Like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to get a job singing? And yes, had the nervous breakdown, moved to New York City and just applied to every single thing, applied to all these bands, all these auditions. And then I got a job. I saw a flyer like, hey, audition for a cruise ship singer. And I was like, this is great. I love to travel and I want to sing. Like, I really want this job. So I auditioned. I got a gig. And my first ship that I met was in Porto, Portugal. So it's just like so weird how the universe, like four months previous, I was having a nervous breakdown in that airport. How am I going to get a job singing? And then here I am on a ship singing seven nights a week on the high seas. And yeah, so continuing my story. So basically I did that for a year and some change. I was like 22, walked off the ship with 30 grand and I was like, hooray, uh, next stop, the Grammys, you know, yeah, like, yeah. here I go. What is it and, like to do that every night, especially on a cruise ship? Does it feel oh, like... Oh, the cruise yeah. ship thing? Um, pros and cons. Okay. You know, like, even though I went to Berkeley for singing, I really learned how to sing on the cruise ship because it was every... Like, you can't... The way you learn singing is not in a classroom, right? Like, yeah. it's performing, you know? <laughs> so, and then everyone on the... Sh- I was really lucky because... I got, especially my first contract, the girls that were, or, and the guys that were on that contract that did like, you know, the show and like the other parts were incredible singers. So I got to learn a lot from them and I was the youngest one. So I learned so much. I mean, all of them are like leads in the West End now. Like they're still like doing like, they're, yeah, they're like super successful. And it's basically, it was just like such a great like boot camp to like really learn and get paid to learn like all these damn songs. Yeah. And it's like the same songs that people want to listen to. Like even now, like it's the same two to 300 songs that everyone wants to listen to over and over again. I mean, it's just funny that like, you know, you go to school, but really the schooling is where it's like you're doing the thing and you're learning from people that have been doing it for a while and you're basically absorbing all of that and slowly adding that into your process a little bit. I wish I had been doing producing at that time because I had a lot of free time on the ship. Like even though I was singing like three to five hours a night, it was still kind of like prison. Like the other times you think it's like, Oh, so glamorous, but it's like, you're not always at a port. Even when you're at a port doesn't mean you can always get off the ship because there's all these rules and stuff. So yeah, it was, it was an interesting experience, but the longer you do it, the less glamorous it gets. And like, it's time to move on. And you know, there's, there's some musicians I worked with like 11 years ago, 12 years ago that are still doing cruises, you know, because it is a comfy, lazy gig for people that aren't ambitious. And as a musician, like it's a salary and you get free room and board. So it's definitely good for like a certain type of person. But that person is not me. (laughs) I remember because I was vegetarian and like my diet, I called it the PPP diet. Yeah. So it was potatoes, pastries and pasta. That was my cruise ship diet because they didn't like serve vegetables. I was really, gonna say, for, like, the crew. I wouldn't survive. I'm vegan, so it's just like that would just. Oh be no, a- impossible! <laughs> I mean, I would try to bring like you know. I mean, maybe it's better these days. And like different ships have different like rules and stuff. Yeah. Like my ship was kind of like a bougier ship, so we weren't able to eat like what the you know guests ate. But then there's a lot of ships that like you can eat what the guests eat. Like there's different rules for different people. It's very political. And then, okay, so then after the cruise ship, Mm -hmm. 
I moved to New York again. I was like, next stop Grammys. So I was just like hired producers, hired photographers with my 30 grand, and didn't get a job. And then, you know, I spent it all to zero in six months. So I was like, fuck my <laughs> life. Like, here we go back to zero. So then I needed to get a job. I started singing in, I did like, you know, part-time jobs, things here and there, but I was singing in cover bands in New York, which made a lot of sense, obviously, because I already knew all the damn songs. Yeah. So I started singing in cover bands and it was really good gigs for a while, but I've always been like an entrepreneur at heart. So I was like, okay, I need to figure out how to make like something my own. So then I started building a girl group for cruise ships and the girl group is a guest entertaining. And so that you get basically as a guest entertainer, you get to go on the ship as a guest, but that's also like working. So you get to like work. It's kind of like a paid vacation Mm. because all you have to do is do your shows like two times a week. The shows are 45 minutes long and you get all the guest privileges. So it was like perfect, like every part of the ship I liked, I would get to keep and you get paid like three times as much. So it was like amazing. So I did this girl group. I spent all of my savings and like built up the show for like two years. And, you know, it was blood, sweat and tears building up these shows. And because, you know, you have to do charts, you have to do costumes. Like it's a, it's like a production, yeah. you know, and I built it from scratch. And then what do you know? Our first ship was May 2020. No. Yeah. So gutted that didn't work out. You know, it just kept being like one of the one thing after another. Like first it was two weeks. We'll be back. Then it was a month. Remember how it was like you you thought you were coming back. It's just like every time that you're just like, okay, seriously, by summer, we're going to even not know about by next year. We're not going to by two years. It's just like you kept on changing. Yeah. So, yeah. So I was pretty disappointed. And then I eventually was like, I got to do something else with my life because this isn't coming back and I can't just keep waiting. So I saw an ad on Facebook, learn how to produce in 30 days. And I was like, this is so stupid. I went to Berkeley and I didn't learn how to produce. But alas, I had nothing to do. So I clicked on it. They had a sale, took the class and like everything started for me pretty much. I like... Once I learned how to program in drums, I was able, I was like, I can do this. So I just started like writing a bunch and then I just started posting on TikTok. Actually, I know you found me on Instagram, but like TikTok was my first like come up really. And then I started posting on Instagram and then that kind of took off. And now I'm trying to post on YouTube and now just trying to do like as many businesses as I can while also you know, producing for myself and getting better at it and releasing new music, which I'm finally doing again. Which is awesome. (laughs) Thank you. And like, yeah, just like trying to like do the thing. Okay. So there's so, so much. So I want to backtrack before COVID. (laughs) So let's, let's go. So like, to me, you said like, you know, I've always had like that entrepreneurial kind of like, I want to, was that always kind of the thing where you were just like, I, if I'm going to do something, it needs to be my own thing. I need to create something. I was okay. So my part-time jobs. So I was singing in the bands. Yeah. Okay. I've always kind of been like the star employee. You know what I'm saying? Like when I worked for people. And so my part, one of my part-time jobs, which was kind of like a life-changing job for me was doing, it was actually like a full-time job, but I also sang gigs. So I just worked like crazy. Um, but I was selling gym memberships at Equinox. Right. So I learned sales there and every single month I hit double bonus and I made like 60 grand a year for that. And I worked like a slave pretty much like they had me working like Equinox is not 
a good company to work for. I learned a lot. It was like a sales boot camp yeah. and like everything I know is because of that job. But like I got paid pennies for the amount of hours I worked and I also made that company like millions of dollars from like from all the people I got signed up there. Yeah. And then I was just kind of like I'm done making other people money. Like I want I want to make myself the money, yeah. right? Like okay, now I know sales. I have all these skills. How can I turn it into like a a product that I can sell? And my first thing was like the New York Harmonics, which is the girl group that bombed. And then I was like, all right, next thing. And so I started doing producing and I started posting on TikTok. And then I really realized, okay, I want to make content, music and video content for music tech companies. So now that's going to be the product. And pretty much every single thing I've posted for and built up for has been to work with music tech companies. Yeah. And so that's been my thing. So I kind of like found like a loophole, you know? Yeah. Okay, now I get to make whatever music I want. I get pretty much all the gear I want, either for free or paid. Yeah. And I can learn. I can get paid to learn, essentially, because I'm learning production as I go. Mm -hmm. I get sent a plugin or something, and I learn about the plugin to make a video about it. So I'm like, I really like hit the nail on the head with this one. And it's just something I like created. I mean, to be an entrepreneur is to ask questions, right? Yeah. What What can I offer? What can I create? How can I create my own opportunity when so many people are just waiting for opportunities to come to them? And I don't know anybody that's going to give me any opportunities. I've never had anybody give me any handout ever, yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, I have my parents that will support me. You know, I, I didn't come from poverty. And like, I'm very, I'm very grateful that I have my parents who like, if shit hits the fan, I can live at their house or whatever. Yeah, you know, yeah. a lot of people don't have that. So I know I have like that luxury, but my parents are not musicians. Like they didn't have a friend to be like, hey, can you help my daughter out? You know, like every door I've gone, I've had to like bang down. That's what's intriguing because like, you know, certain things don't work out. And some people either choose to do one of two things. They either go like, oh. Well, I guess nothing will ever work out for me. <laughs> yeah, I've never been into like the woe is me mentality, yeah. you know, and like even when I do, you know, I'm not going to say I never spend time feeling sorry for myself because trust me, I do. <laughs> but like, I still work through it, you know, like I try and I try to motivate other people to work through it. And I try to like be really honest with my audience and I try to show them everything I'm going like when people say oh why do you show the hate stuff and I'm like because it affects me and I want people to see you know that I'm not just this glossy dolled up person you know like yeah non-human like I'm still a human behind all these videos and stuff so and I, I am very honest about my story you know people get mad that they, they don't think I'm a good producer they don't think I'm worthy of X plugin because I haven't been practicing guitar 10 hours a day, 20 days, you know, 20 days yeah. a week. And they're like, well, you know, you, you're not worthy of this. It, to me, when I, those and I've watched those videos, if you post, it, it's a lot of like this weird posturing, like, oh, I deserve this more than you because I put in. Yeah. I mean, the latest the latest craze that I'm getting quite the bit of hate for is. So I do a lot of work with this company called Fader, which is like a cutting edge, like AI sampling kind of company. Yeah. And I and I love anything AI because anything, AI, not anything AI, but I love things that are going to make music yeah. creation and music production more accessible to more people. Right. Not all these people want to be pros. 
Not all these people are going to release music, period. I mean, think about all the songs we've written. How many of them would be actually released? And then how many songs that we've actually released that we make money off of? So people need to freaking cool their jets. But I like posted a video of like, here's how you can use drums from another song yeah. with this company. And I made a mistake by phrasing it that way. It's a very like, oh, this is stealing. And like, I've gotten like death threats about people saying like, this is stealing, da, 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 da. And I'm like, sampling has been around since before I was born. <laughs> like, literally. <laughs> It really has. And to me, anytime that I see like hate comments, my mind just goes to like comic book guy from The Simpsons. It's just behind a yeah. computer being like worst thing ever and not doing and anything. Then- Literally, they spent like any and anytime that there's like a troll, I feel like there are always like comments at like 3 a.m. in the morning. I'm like, I'm asleep. Why are you at 3 a.m. scrolling through like doom scrolling through all these things? But do you think that's why some people don't put themselves out there because they're really worried about... I mean, it's tough, you know? Like, I just that video, that exact video I'm talking about, just got reposted today by some other drum company that's definitely, like... They know the game they're playing. We all play the game. I'm, I'm not mad at them for playing the game. I'm I'm in the game myself. But like they're posting this controversial video because they know it'll get views. They're a drum company. So it's definitely poking the bear because here I am saying, here's how you can take songs and sample them. And like they, they know what they're doing. Again, no shame on them. You know, like this is a controversial topic. Mm-hmm. But here, here comes all these hate comments and the DMs and the death threats, literal death threats over this stuff. And I'm like... I am always going to post about stuff that makes music more accessible to more people. And if that ain't like, think about a person that's disabled and can't physically actually play the drums. Should they not be allowed to make music? (laughs) Because you think sampling is stealing? Like, it's just kind of comes down to it, right? And so everyone's calling me, you know, all these horrible things in the comments. And you'll get some people with like a brain being like, well, this is sampling. So love it or hate it. It's been around since the 70s. But to me, what you're talking about right there is you're you're talking about a mission. Your goal is to make music more accessible for more people. And when you're making it more accessible, you're you're thinking beyond kind of your walls. And it seems the people that are leaving the hate are trying to confine it to this wall that only a few do to separate the masses from those that really, really do it, which is really fucking dumb. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can understand to a certain degree if someone was like you know whatever people are angry you know i i I, it's just kind of like tricky stuff you know anything that comes down to like auto-tune you know ai sampling whether or not you need to play an instrument is all going to be like music theory these are all like hot spots and this is this is controlled controversy really like you're always going to get people that are going to like go one way or the other. But ultimately, in the face of like the greater humanity, like it just does not matter, right? We're not talking about anything that like actually matters. So yeah, go ahead, lose your gasket over this, send me a death threat. But like, people are going to sample no matter what, like it is what it is. And I do, I do learn from the mistakes, you know? Yeah. Oh, also like the men and the women, if I, I've poked the bear a few times on the internet, and I usually regret it. <laughs> but like it's also kind of like it's kind of part of my job yeah you know if i want visibility you have to kind of put like this is how the kardashians have said stayed relevant all these years is by doing these controlled controversies like every few months there's a kardashian controversy right and that's where they get a boost of views and a boost of spikes but it's never about anything super important 
Like they never actually get canceled. Yeah. You know, like I can't actually get canceled over telling people that they can sample music. No. You know what <laughs> it's I mean? so ridiculous. <laughs> but like, but it's enough for people to talk about it and to talk about yeah. me and to talk about my opinions. So that's the name of the game. You know, it is tough when you do that, but not everybody has to poke the bear, you know? No. There are many people that don't poke the bear and they, they just do fine. But regardless if you poke the bear or not, you're still going to get a combination of people's opinions. And the more I learned that I can't get everybody to like me and I can't get everybody to agree with me and I can't get everybody to like my song, the easier it's going to be, you know, and it has been easier. Like even a company I work for, like, I know they don't like my music. They've, they've said it in so many words that they don't like my music or whatever. And it's kind of like, no, like a couple of years ago, that'd be something that I'd like lose sleep over, mm. you know? And now I'm just kind of like, well, I like my song. You know, I like my music. I know I don't sound like Diplo. I don't have that fine, you know, I've only been producing three years, you know, but everything's in tune. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, it's like, it's everything's on the rhythm. <laughs> the, the, you know, the song resonates, yeah. you know, what, I don't know. I don't know what makes like a great song. What really is interesting is how you said that progression. Like, you know, years ago, that would have kept you up at night and just bothered you. But now it's just like, you're like... Well, yeah, it just comes down to like the acceptance of it. And once you kind of accept, I mean, I've been posting now every single day for almost three years and I've learned a lot, you know, I've learned a lot. I've learned that you're not going to get unanimous love and you're not going to get unanimous hate either. You know, I like that spin because I think that's where everyone goes to. They're afraid yeah. if they post something that either no one's going to like or no one's or they're going to get that one comment that's like this sucks and it's like Ugh. yeah and you have to decide where you want to lay the value and that's hard that's really hard because the hate is always going to sound louder than the love how do you get past those moments you know it's it's weird and it's also kind of like full circle cuz it's like <laughs> this is so funny for me to say out loud but if if i post about the hate mm -hmm. then i'll get comments or DMs, don't worry about the hate. Like, you're too good to get mad about the hate. And then they kind of, like, say something kind of negative about me to be like, you're wasting your time and you're wasting your energy and don't post that crap. They're, they're actually kind of, like, hating on me, hating on the hate. And then it's kind of, like, a full circle of it. But it's like, let me just post what I want, like, period. Like, let me do what I want with my platform. And it's like, I wrote a song. My new song that's coming out is the song I wrote about the hate comments and how I've dealt with the hate comments. And it's, I feel like it's kind of like a chapter for me to kind of like experience this. And I feel like now after this song and after all this stuff, like I'm able to, you know, because music for me has always been therapeutic. So now it's like, okay, now I'm doing this and now I have to promote the song and talk about it. And then with that, people are going to say, don't even bring attention to it. And it's kind of like, no, I need to bring attention to Like I, I could choose what I want to bring attention to. Like it's still... When you get hate comments, it's still bullying. It's still trauma that you have to process. And everybody's going to process it differently. Hey, it's Mike. I'm jumping in the middle of this episode to let you know that we're doing something really cool. We're going to do an amazing giveaway because we're approaching the 100th episode of the Songwriting for Guitar podcast. Can you believe that? 100 episodes. So many podcasts don't even make it to 50, but here we are approaching 100. And guess what? We're moving on to the next 100. And we want to celebrate that. And if you have not left us a review on Apple Podcasts yet, 
Here is your opportunity to do that right now. So all you got to do, leave us a five-star review, talk about your favorite episode, then screenshot that review and send it to us at support at songrangforguitar.com so you can be entered into the giveaway. So what are we giving away? Sweetwater gift cards, uh, GHS strings, a one-on-one coaching session with me, plus giving away one of our courses, Guitar Essentials. So those are going to be our giveaways, and you have until August 18th to enter. So all you got to do, five-star review, talk about your favorite episode, screenshot it, and send it to us at support at songrangforguitar.com. Winners will be announced August 18th. Again, Sweetwater gift cards, GHS strings, on top of that one-on-one session with me, and someone is going to win access to one of our courses, Guitar Essentials. Again, my friends, thank you for listening. I love this. I love all the guests that I've talked to. I can't wait to keep on doing even more of this. So to celebrate, leave us that review, and you know what? I'm going to stop my jibba-jabbing. We're going to go back into the episode. Why do you think there is that mystique of just like clouded in like, oh, you have to add this DSer and you have to add a, it's really difficult. I mean, I just think that's just the way the industry has been, right? And people, it's that kind of thing that like, I had to do this, so they have to do this. Like I had to go through all this hard work, so they have to go through all this hard work. Why should somebody be able to make a drum groove in seconds when I've had to practice drums for 10 years to learn how to play this drum groove? Like, it's not fair. That's kind of the thing that I think people say. And that's the mentality. And my mentality, and I'm not a martyr here. I don't want to say that, you know, I'm an angel from the heavens, because I'm definitely not. I could be nicer. I could be a better person. I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm a great person. But I do (laughs) generally want to leave the world a better place than I left it, right? Like, I don't want to... I had to deal with so as a woman in the music industry, I had to deal with so much more crap than girls have to deal with now. I mean, they still deal with crap, but not the same, you know, <laughs> and it's not like I would want them to go through those horrible experiences just because I had to go through it. Like, it's just so dumb. And it's the same with like unpaid internships, right? I had to do an unpaid internship. So now anybody that works for me does not get paid. And it's like, well, first of all, like the cost of living is significantly higher now yeah. than it was when you were an unpaid intern. And like literally getting paid minimum wage is basically like not getting paid at all. I mean, pretty much wherever you're living. So it's just kind of it's just that whole mentality. And anytime I, you know, post anything to poke the bear, mm-hmm. I'll get all the raging people. I don't want to say that they're all boomers because they're not like there's boomers that support and there's boomers that don't support. But yeah, it- it's typically guitar players and like instrumentalist i'm so sorry no it's okay (laughs) you know it's interesting because the way i've done a lot of guitar a lot of people don't like because they'll say you're making it too simple or it's just like no i'm not going to talk about shredding arpeggios honestly like i probably would have played piano better if my teacher didn't make me like learn all this music that i wasn't interested in because that was the way that it like had to be taught Mm -hmm. you know like i do not listen to classical music i do have no interest to do classical music why are you teaching a seven-year-old classical music because that's what i've always done and that's how we'll do (laughs) like why are you doing that you know how'd you maybe have taught me like cool comping or cool jazz chords that i can like write music to as a singer I would probably have stuck it out. You know what I mean? If you have learned to make it fun for people 
And then they would probably suck it out. But I didn't want to play any classical music. And when my mom was like, practice, practice, I was like, I don't want to learn this song. What's interesting about that, because I think we've all had a teacher, you know, I when I took piano, it was definitely a teacher where it was like, was in it just for the the check that they would get monthly oh, yeah. from well, parents. I remember like my first, my teacher, I did it like, I first had a teacher. I had a lot of piano teachers because yeah. I kept trying. But there was a teacher that was like, all right, you just like move your hand like this. And for like the first like whole 30 minute lesson, you're just you just move your hand like in the way to be like proper. And I'm like, this is so boring. Why would I stick with this? That sounds the worst. It's like have your hands flutter up and down for yeah, it was just like, 30 minutes. <laughs> it to me like that sort of I'm just getting this. This is just my paycheck and I could fucking care less is different than you're describing right now because mission really you see something in the grand scheme of things of why you do it and who you're doing this for and you're committed to showing up people that receive kind of like oh this is just a check to me could care less about the person on the other side they maybe care a little bit but like they're not losing so they're not thinking of new ways to engage them and make this interesting as you're describing, like why you create on a mission to make music accessible, you have to have that because that's the energy that comes through. And I think has made it why people are gravitated to your videos, your breakdowns, tutorials, because it's like, Oh my God, this is easy for me to understand. Oh, that's why the, the practical aspect of making it accessible is huge. Yeah. And I mean, like, again, I'm like very, strategic about like how I make money Mm -hmm. because like like I I mean I still I'm not gonna lie to you I still want to be rich I want to be like one of those like really really rich people and I think I'll be a very good really really rich person honestly like I'll give back (laughs) but it's also like okay so here's here's what I really believe in Mm -hmm. and I really believe in free education right I don't think people should pay have to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars a year to become a good musician and you know so i believe in free education and i make money by working with the music tech companies i have the music tech companies sponsor classes or sponsor certain things so that it could be free and then in return people learn these skills and then buy products from the music tech companies so it's like a full circle yeah right everybody wins it all comes back, you know, yeah. like it's kind of like how Cardi B says, like, I don't know. I just saw an interview with her. She's like, everyone in this country wants people to be like professionals. They want them to be lawyers and doctors, but then they charge them to go to school to learn how to do this job. Like, why wouldn't they just teach them this for free? And then they could go and do this job and then help the people. And then therefore the civilization gets better. Yeah. Like, I don't understand how institutions are such for profit. Don't even get me started on that. But what what I find interesting, too, is your declaration of like, yeah, I want to make money. I think that's also so difficult for musicians to say. Yeah. Well, I think money is freedom, right? Yeah. If you have money, then you have the freedom to make decisions that, you know, when you don't have money, you kind of have to be motivated by money. I would love to get to a point where I'm not motivated by money at all. Yeah. I am a little bit, not going to lie. But I, I've turned down a lot of things. You'd be surprised. Like I've get I get things all the time. Hey, can you post about you know anywhere from CBD gummies to colored contacts to fashion wear to sneakers to brain pills? I don't care if someone pays me ten grand to post about brain pills. Like I am not posting that on my page. Have these like, new it just, brain pills? That's just like, yeah. Like 
it's it's wild, you know. So you can't just do everything for the money, you know. It has to be, come down to what you believe in and, you know, your true fans and doing what's right by them. In your journey of production, what were some big myths that you crushed yourself, like you thought about that this is what it was going to be? But as you started to discover it and build, you were like, oh, it's not. So I think it's, okay, it's easier than I thought it was to get started. It's harder than I thought it was to get really good. And by I mean really good is I mean really commercial. Because like, here's how I view it. Like my, my productions, I like my little songs. I think they're cute. You know what I mean? But they, they do sound homemade. It's like if you get a pizza at like a pizza shop, it looks like very pro. But if you make a pizza at home, it looks like homemade, you know, or like yeah. a Sunday. So it doesn't mean that it tastes better or worse necessarily. It just looks homemade. And I feel like that's where my songs are at. Like <laughs> they're cute, but they look – they sound homemade. And literally it just takes time to get to that sound. Yeah. And that's where I, I tell myself like, okay, I'm 33 now. I say by the time I'm 40, like when I'm 40, I'm going to be like an undeniably like great producer. The fact that you're giving yourself that, which is more important, you're you're allowing yourself time to develop a process is awesome because it's like that's the key to, to great things is like being patient with yourself. Have you always been yeah. that super patient with just allowing? No. Things? Okay. I mean, I think <laughs> <laughs> definitely not. Okay. I've not always been like the most patient person, but I think – I've learned also as I've gotten older, mm -hmm. I think when I was younger, I remember being like, when I turned 25, like, I'm basically like senile. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it, it was, I literally remember being on the bus with my friend when we were like 18, being like 25 is like the end of our life. Like we were going on and on and on about it. <laughs> and like the more I, and then, you know, I really grew up with this idea that like time is running out and it yeah. was like crazy because it was like you were dying to be 18 right i was dying to be 18 so i can get can make my own decisions like no more parents telling me what to do and then when you're 18 you're like oh i just want to stay 18 you know like how long am i gonna be 18 for well it's funny because what you're describing too is like yeah i thought like 30 was the end like you hit 30 and it's like music closes its doors and goes you can't do anything anymore yeah and so for me, 30 was just the beginning, right? But when I turned 30, I didn't know how to produce. I didn't post on social media. I didn't even own an interface. I didn't even really know what an interface did. I'm not lying. You know, I knew what a MIDI keyboard did. Yeah. But I didn't know what an interface did. I didn't know what the point. I didn't know any of the stuff. So that's when I really learned, like, I'm not running out of time, yeah. you know? And it's the same thing. Like, okay, think of somebody like... I don't even know, like Billie Eilish, right? Maybe she started singing when she was like 11 and then she started becoming famous when she's 16. So she she did that in four years. Who's to say that you can't do something in four years when you're 50? Yeah. You know, you're 50 and then you become famous when you're 54. Like who's to say that you can't, you can't use that a lot of time in a different time of your life? Why are we so obsessed with, as a society, making children famous? Literally. Mm, yeah. Why has it always been that way? It's weird. To me, this is refreshing because I think people just have those, I don't know, these false narratives like, oh, it's like if it's not by, you know, 25, if it's not by 30, if it's not by da da da, it won't happen. Yeah, like 30, I still had no fucking clue what I wanted to do. Like I was still yeah. figuring things out. And it wasn't until like 33, 34, like 
licensing slowly has started to happen. But honestly, it's it's and I know it's an ever it's not going to end like I'll, you know, maybe in five years I'll be really, really good. But I just need to keep on doing the same thing and and learn and progress. Yeah, I'm with you. (laughs) It's just refreshing to hear it because I think people always want growth very quick because they want the results now, 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 now. They want to be like constant validation. Mm-hmm. And the validation has to come – it really has to come from, like, enjoying the process, really. It's tough. It's really tough because it's like, you know, think about yourself. Like, I remember me when I was when I was in college. I used to cater weddings, and I used to see the band up there being like, oh, I wish I was in that band. And then you get to it, and you get in the band. I got in the band. And then it was kind of like, oh, I wish I was, like <laughs> – this you know yeah, yeah, like the yeah. minute you get you don't you don't even get to feel the excitement once you get to the point you get to where you get to so that's why you have to really enjoy the journey and that's why i love being an entrepreneur because i love creating not only music but creating something out of like thin air like a business and a reason for people to like buy it and to like get and i think it's so interesting like how you get people to buy stuff from you in general and how you sell things and all i find like all of that super interesting so you know, that's when that's when it all becomes a thing. And it's like, once you get the sale, it doesn't really feel like much. It's more exciting, like creating it, you know? I think what you're describing, I, I get, it's like understanding what do people want? Why do they want that? And how can I yeah. connect with them in a way? And, and Yeah, pres- that's more exciting for me. Yeah, it's a lot sure. of problem solving. It's a lot of questions. It's a lot of puzzles. A lot of asking questions, a lot of listening. A lot of, you know, I always say this a lot and people don't like this, but it's like selling a dream. You know, how can we sell a dream? And obviously you want to you want to help people get to the actual dream, but a lot of it is up to them, you know, to do it. You're providing the resources and being like, you still have to put in the time. You still have mm-hmm. to show up every day. Like we, we can't be by your bedside and be like, hey, wake up. Hey, hey, it's yeah. it's time to create. You got to do this right yeah, now. Yeah, and it's it's tough, you know, like it's tough to to do it and to stick with it and stay consistent. But it's it doesn't like feel that great when you reach the goal you want. It doesn't feel as great as I imagined it to feel. So that's kind of how I really learned. Like I really got to enjoy the process. I think that's important because no matter how much money you make too, it's like, especially with creation, music and learn, it's like, this is it. This is the process. This is the thing. If you hate it, yeah. I've got terrible news. <laughs> this is, I mean, really <laughs> this is the idea of m- making money is it's, it's a metric of success, right? Yeah. And it's also like a, what you get to do with the money and it is freedom. Yeah. But ultimately like, it's kind of an illusion in my mind, as far as like humanity goes, because Literally, the only thing we get to do on this earth is like spend the time. Yeah. (laughs) Right. We're basically like spending time until we die. So it's just kind of like, how do you want to spend that time? And I think about that a lot. Like, what do I want to be doing to spending that time? And yeah, that's kind of like where it comes down to for me. I think just having that grander scheme and like bigger picture idea really pulls you out of those moments to create the things that you want to do and think about the problems that you find interesting that you want to solve. And also for those moments where you get comments that are great, awesome comments that are like shit, because in the grand scheme, yeah. it's just process them. Yeah. You know, I mean, ultimately nothing matters. <laughs> we'll put that as the title of this. this <laughs> nothing, but 
it's kind of dark, but it is also kind of true. Like yeah. people make these big deals, you know, of like the little deals. They make, but it's true. It's just then what really does matter when you realize that like my allotted time is 70, 80 something years are on this planet. How am I going to spend it? And yeah. even if you, you know, maybe not everyone knows me or will remember, but if I can help a couple people along the way, start to discover the thing that they get excited about and they start to go realize like, oh, this is something I want to do. Awesome. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. I mean, for me, and this is what I think about a lot is always remember. And I think I said this earlier is always remembering the why. Yeah. Like, why am I doing this? Why do I want to do this? You know, did you read Simon Seeks uh, find your why? No. Uh, okay. Should I? You should. It's a great, it's a great, um, I'm probably screwing up but his I last name. I feel like name. I know my why. Um, it is. He's just, it's just stories about like that, like how he discovered his and how he, you know, encourages others to like think about. I think he has one of the, when Ted Talks was getting started, he was mm-hmm. one of the first ones. And that was like one of the top ones. And he just talks about that constantly. And he's, he said, you know, even though I found it, I always think about it. And when I watch people do things, I wonder what's their why behind it. And because that's interesting to him. Um, because, yeah, your why has to be solid. You can't have like a cardboard thin why because it doesn't stand up. It's like when shit happens, like that's where the cardboard why kind of <laughs> blows, just falls apart, or blows away because there was nothing substantial there kind of holding it. Yeah, I just kind of got to remember, like, that's why when I do get hate, you know, for this this one thing that's happening right now, there's people as we speak commenting on this video of how horrible I am. I remember, okay, yes, looking back, I probably could have reworded it a little differently, but ultimately I still followed my mission statement, which is to make music more accessible to more people. So if that angers some people, let it anger them. <laughs> Which, again, is just like your mission is clear. And I think that's where it's like more of a concrete foundational like why that's very strong because it can weather something that is – here's the thing. Like a month from now, they're going to forget about that. They're going to be angry about something else. And here's the thing. Even if it went like mega viral, which I don't think it will. But like people – like things happen so quick. Virality – people think like, oh, I'm dying to go viral. And it's like you're 10 – you're like 10 minutes of fame has turned into like five minutes. Like even less. Like a minute. You know what I mean? In the ages of, you know, people consuming so much content and so much things, I mean, it it just passes over so quickly. I mean, what was last week's thing? The submissible? Now people are over it. No one's talking about it no more. Nope. I don't even know. Colleen Ballinger? Gossip Toxic Train? No. You didn't know that? Missed it. I missed, you missed it. Two I missed them. it. See, this is the thing. Though. Like, and then when like, see, that's the thing. Like that, those two things went so incredibly viral, and probably most people you talk to won't even know what they're talking about. So we make these things so heavy, you know. But it's it's interesting because it, it, that's an example. You told me this, this, and I was like, that was viral. You don't know week. either of those uh, things. You didn't hear about either. No. Are you serious? Are you living under a rock? Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I probably am. It's, it's just good. like I've probably just been in here I love, too much. I love, honestly, that's the other thing I've been able to cope with, like, all the hate and all, like, that stuff is, like, I'm so busy. Like, today I have so many things on my to-do list that I, like, must get done. It's yeah. like I don't even have time. I don't even have time to feel sorry for myself. <laughs> <laughs> like, that post just came up and then I had a meeting with you. And I'm like, well, um, I guess we'll just talk about it on the podcast because I don't have time to talk about it with anyone else. <laughs> But I think that's the thing, too. Those that are constantly creating and thinking about things are n- don't spend a lot of their time, like, 
they're always just like, oh, moving on to the next thing. Because what you described uh, a, a week from now, two weeks from now, a month from now, those people are going to be like, they're going to be mad about something else. They're going to find something else that they're going to be like, oh, this is, the, what is it? Like Grandpa Simpson, like, you know, old man, you know, shakes fist the the sky. It's that sort of thing where it's just like, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't. Um, if you would give like one P so if somebody's listening to this and they're like, man, I really need to get into production. I want to, but I've just been putting it off and I don't know why. Uh, what is some of the best steps to slowly get in there? I mean, step number one is to get a DAW, right? If we're really talking yeah. about it and like there's free ones. You, if you have a lap, uh, Mac computer, you can use GarageBand. If you don't, you can use something like BandLab. BandLab is great. And you can just start messing around and just start watching some tutorial tutorials, you know. Shameless plug, you can watch mine. They're on YouTube. <laughs> or, you know, whatever, you know, like just start yeah. doing it. There we go. So it's like just get the DAW and just start. I think the the the, the key is what you said is like starting making a conscious decision yeah. because it's one thing to think about it. But to actually be like, yeah, set and then it down. Like, to get very specific, yeah. like learn how to make an eight bar loop, like learn how to program drums. Like I've bought like Tommy, e I've never had a drum kit in my life, but I have bought Tommy Ego's drum book to start learning how to program drums like a drummer. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's what I did. And I started learning that. And you just learn how to kind of do that stuff as a producer. You learn how to play the computer. I think, yeah, that's exactly what it is. It is playing the computer. So. This was awesome. I feel like we could dive into more because it's just like, I want to kind of keep on going, but I really appreciate you just, uh, you know, diving into your story, being honest about the things that, you know, sharing the good, the bad, the awful, your views on uh, how you deal with it. I think this is really important for people to hear when they're even thinking about like, I want to post something, but their, their first thought is what happens if such and such happens? How am I going to deal with it? And to hear how you do with that, how you deal with that, I think is super important for people to hear. Thank you. And that does it for this week. It was edited and produced by Chris Fafalius. I'm Mike Myers. Thanks for listening.